Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into the Buster Show podcast. Today, we're very lucky because we have a man, if you're watching in the video, in all-time high quality and probably the audio as well. Uh, and that is because our guest is from the space station. Uh, he's we're live from space. Captain of the space station, Sean Doris. He's also a super successful YouTuber, entrepreneur in the media space. My man, thank you so much for doing this. Of course, welcome to the space station. Um, we're not in space, but we will operate from space someday. Right now we're just in Utah, but the, the place we have here is called the space station. And then there's a whole bunch of little startups and companies that are kind of inside the space station. It's like an incubator of cool projects, if you will. Um, and that's me, I'm the pilot, I'm driving the ship. <laughs> so obviously I, I assume you started, you know, via your own content. At what yeah. point along that journey did you want to, you know, build this thing out? When I got my co-pilot, man, what's a pilot without a good co-pilot? When I found Sean Holiday, my, my counterpiece to this station, that's when this thing turned from like awesome content community, just vibing as, as a creator, right? To like, hey, we have something scalable that is, that is multifaceted. We have different avenues and businesses that we can play in. And they all are very like symbiotic of each other. And so that's where the strength comes from. They're all digital media and understand community building. And so that's where we're like, let's go deeper. And that was uh, a little over three years ago, like three and a half years ago, the holiday joined the squad. I've been doing Snapchat for maybe like two years, had a small team to, to build the Chandra's brand and the space station brand. And then three and a half, four years ago, Holiday joined and it turned into a space station empire. That's crazy, man. I remember I, I first discovered you through Casey Neistat, who I grew yeah. up watching. And then, and then I did a campaign with Space Station like two or three years later. I think really? it was for, for like PUBG. Um, <laughs> yes. so we, we, we did a campaign around that. That's cool, man. Um, I, I also remember you. I was always in New York City, and I always thought you were awesome. I yeah. feel like you, our paths have crossed so many times, but have we actually had a good hangout? Like, just exactly. We've never met in person. What? Yeah. I thought for sure. No, no never. we've never. That's never. bizarro. That's what happens is, like, you become such good friends with people online yeah. that, like, you think you, I thought for sure we'd met in person, but we just never had, like, a solid hangout. No, That's yeah, we, we have a lot of the same friends, um, which, which is why it makes sense. And, and I, good I think, hey, good likewise, man. <laughs> um, and I feel like over time, too, just on social media, um, my filter for people and who mm -hmm. I follow um, has gotten so much tighter. And I just look for the most wholesome people now who are, who are just, yeah. you know, vibing and whatnot. I feel that and, for sure. And I put you so high on that, on that <laughs> list in regards to me just overall wholesome quality i remember i, I want to know if you still do this but when you walk on planes do you still ask the pilots for for photos Is that something you every still do? single time i haven't done it in over a year but um snapchat days i started this series uh well i do hey mom in the airport and i make snapchats be like hey mom i'm in the airport i'm in the airport i'm super super nervous it's my first flight and just be stumbling through things but i always have a stranger in the background like looking at me and reacting um, but it was super casual, right? So that became the Hey Mom thing. I was the first, like, snap, I was the first person on Snapchat to get a filter that wasn't like a huge court, like company or corporation. And it was a Hey Mom filter and it was at the Salt Lake City Airport. Um, but yeah, so it started with Hey Mom. And then I took that one step further when it was starting to like, oh, I need to like freshen this up and go further. And I started actually getting pictures with the pilot. So 
I have over 200 and something pictures with pilots and a couple fans made like montages of me with all these pilots and it's so cool. I started to get reoccurring guys who were like, this isn't your first flight. You were here last week and you took a picture. Right. I'm like, first flight to this place, you know? Are they ever skeptical of a fully grown man coming into the cockpit asking for a photo? No, that's actually what's so cool is they never are. They're, they're so into it because it doesn't matter what age you are. It could be your first flight, you know? It's right, still, yeah. right. Yeah. Anyways, it's a good that. time. It's a tradition. I always get a picture with the pilot. And now my kids do. Every time my kids have flown, they've gotten a picture with the pilot. And like, it's just what we do, man. We respect the pilots. That's amazing. Yeah, you got to, man. You got to. And, <laughs> you know, always really nice people. I feel like everybody's a nice person if you're nice to them. Dude, I have a collection of pins of gold wings. Oh, my gosh. I need to make like a full like scouts merit badge sash, but with like pilot wings. Oh, my you goodness. Should. You should turn it into an art piece and then an NFT and then, oh my God, forget about it. Pro tip, when you have a cool idea, actually write it down. And right now I'm writing down, do something with all my pilot pins because it's just too smart not to, yeah, you know, we'll, right now they're we'll, just sitting somewhere. We'll send you the, the clip of you verbally talking about it as well. Yeah, it's on um, the list. It's going to happen. That's, that's the perk of our lives being recorded. <laughs> I know, right? So much I learn when I go back and watch stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh, that idea I had. Or the so, feeling I had in the moment of recording that and remembering like, that's how I want to live or that's what I want to do. I get right. that all the time because I see moments, vacations, collaborations. And I think about what I learned during those moments. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's a, it's a huge benefit. Totally. The thing for me also is, I feel like I record all my ideas, right? If I, yep. if I think of something, I'll either write it down, I'll take a voice note of it. Yeah. Um, I'll take a video of myself saying it. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'm like half asleep and it just comes out <laughs> totally delusional. But the thing is, unless I carefully curate it, I'm never going to go back and look at it. Yep. It sort of feels like, you know, filming fireworks. You know, it's like you never actually go back and look at that thing. It just seems you just have to. Yeah, you have to curate it properly. So that's that's my that's my internal curation. Yeah, (laughs) ideation curation. Um, So as somebody who I look at as, you know, super high energy and, you know, seemingly happy. um, How I'm pretty happy. How do you? how do you sort of filter out, you know, those negative things? Because to be happy and have sort of the freedom that you want, you have to say no to the mass majority of things. How do you sort of, you know, weigh that, that balance? Oh, it's super. People always ask like, how are you always happy? It's impossible to be happy all the time. But obviously there's the whole argument of like, it's a choice and stuff, but it's even hard to choose to be happy all the time because stuff happens. Right. I don't know. I and mean, there's not really some answer. Like all of us have the power to be super happy and keep it going. It just really comes down to like finding the good in things. There's just not time. I think time, once I really lost time, like there's no time to not be happy. So like if something frustrating happens, which happens every single day to all of us, then like you choose how much time you want to allocate to it. And then you move on. And now that I have less time, I've learned to allocate less time. I have the same amount of time. I have less time to waste on being frustrated so the allocation's gotten smaller and smaller and it's honestly just an internal struggle to get better at it just like anything is you know what i mean but i've nailed it i'm so good at being happy guys dude i see it i see it i feel like for me i i forget who said it but somebody was like why would you worry about the past it doesn't exist and then i heard michael jordan say one time why would i worry about a shot that i haven't taken so you put those two things together and all of a sudden you're just living in the present and that's like two thirds the battle, no? That really is, yeah. You just gotta 
yeah, enjoy what you're doing that day. There's lots of good stuff that happen every day to all of us and lots of frustrating things and like allocate the time, but just enjoy that current moment and don't think too much about right. And, and also try to position yourself around your passions like you have. Um, oh my goodness. Like, Surround yourself with good people. Tip number one to happiness, right? If you have other like-minded people that can, can be there for you when you're frustrated and set the example of being positive and they're doing cool stuff that makes you happy. Like whenever I am personally doing something that's not working, I see all the amazing things that the people at the space station are doing and wow, what, how could I not be grateful and thankful? Right? So like, yeah, having a lot of people around you with a similar mindset definitely helps. Right. It's like, it's like uh, you're, you're diversifying your effort. Cause like, even if, even if like you suck, you have a team yeah. that doesn't suck. And then, and then your like, happiness portfolio is so diverse. Right, right. I have all these people around me that are also happy. If I'm exactly. dipping, yeah. only, only 5% of your, uh, your effort isn't working well because yeah. 95. When, I, when I'm frustrated, that's when I double down on my shares and buy more because then I know the people around me are going to bring me up, you know, <laughs> I make all yeah. my decisions when I'm frustrated. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, dude. That's not uh, a great idea. You, you always buy more more shares of happiness. That's a good one. Yeah, especially when you're on that low swing. And if you got the people around you, that was the analogy I was looking for. Good job. <laughs> Someone needs to take that analogy and just remember it because it's a good one. hundred percent. So in terms of, you, you know, you obviously did, you've done Snapchat for a super long time. You've done YouTube for a super long time. I actually haven't done Snapchat that long of a time. I did a long time ago, but I haven't used Snapchat that in three years. Wow. For yeah, sure. I used to use yeah. it a lot too. Yeah. Now, now they're re-emerging. I know they're, really? they're wow. I mean, well, they launched this huge spotlight program where they're giving away a million dollars. Right, right, right. Gotcha. Wow. So their stock went up. Um, <laughs> they must've been really frustrated. I'm sure they were. So that's when they doubled down. <laughs> they're literal stock. Maybe they're happiness stock too, but hopefully they're not correlated. So. Um, no, but when you look at all these platforms, which, yep. which, you know, do you try to put the most emphasis on? Do you think that it's YouTube? I know you've done that for yourself. For me, it's YouTube hundred percent. Why? Yeah. Why is it? Um, for me, the platform that is the most long-term, most potential, and, and you can find the most success on it, monetarily, happiness, wise, like whatever, I think that's definitely YouTube. But I think there are other platforms that are really important. The way I keep tabs on people, the way I know what you're up to, and Peter McKinnon, and Tanner Fox, and Gary Vee, and whoever else I'm thinking of, that's through Instagram. Like Instagram's like how I actually stay in touch with people and whatnot. Twitter, that's where gaming lives. And like, we're heavy into esports, and I love it. So I love to tweet as well. So like everything has its place. Like my family and friends from like my entire life growing up, like they're mostly on Facebook. So I still do Facebook updates. Right. And so everything has its place, but I think YouTube is definitely for me, like the alpha platform. And then next would be just like, um, audio voice in general, right. Things that are just audio specific. I think that's probably second for me and YouTube's probably the king of video. So those are the two things. Yeah. The common theme that I just heard there was whatever the heck is evergreen. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? What do you, what? Whatever is evergreen. What do you mean by that? The content that lasts, the content yes. that doesn't disappear. Yes. That's what I thought you meant by I wanted to double check. And I agree with that. that it's frustrating having Snapchats disappear. Yeah. And Instagram story, like, you know, pe no, yeah. people don't really go back on people's profiles the same way. They're not auto-suggested. There's no suggested feed for people's posts two years ago. Yeah. Um, 
you know, you could, that's true. And that's where podcasts and YouTube videos, in my opinion as well, sort of reign supreme because, you know, you can discover something, you know, from yeah. two years ago, three years ago. Well, think about this. There's lots of creators who leverage their platform and their voice to accomplish more. I think the most has been accomplished from YouTube. Um, I look back at Snapchatters, they were, we didn't really have much of an opportunity to succeed as a group of Snapchatters. And then from there, there's hard, like I look at Viner, some of them took that and went on. I look at Instagrams, all this stuff. I think the people who have found the most potential from their platform is YouTubers. And look at all the, this, this entire space station was built off YouTube. It was started because of Snapchat and that opportunity, which transitioned to YouTube and then YouTube um, did and currently is still the driving factor in the hyper growth and success of the space station. Do you Crazy, think, huh? Do you think it's because YouTube's monetization platforms allow their creators the most freedom, whereas people yeah. on Instagram and other platforms are sort of chasing their own tail all the time? Yeah, for sure. But also just the actual like views. I don't know what the numbers are, but I feel like just the amount of eyeballs on YouTube is so much greater than Instagram and everywhere else. So, yeah. Yeah, it's combined with the monetization. Yeah. Anyways, YouTube's incredible. I really love YouTube. It's done so much for so many people. And like our message that we share in our family videos, the best day ever is one of positivity. So like YouTube allows us to like keep people positive through the pandemic, to give kids uh, ideas on crafts and fun stuff to do, to show parents that they should get on the level with their kids and play and imagination and stuff like that. Like, and that's such a cool thing we get to do. And then that then fuels everything we're doing at the space station and all the opportunity here. And so it's just like, we're, we're providing value for our audience. We're providing value for the people around us in our own lives. Like no, no other platform just has that much diversity, man. It's so cool. Oh, man, it's mad it's, respect for YouTube. Totally. I'm with you. Um, so obviously you're, you're doing so much now. Uh, yeah. And you're incredibly happy. How do you balance that with the same drive that I know you have to want to do more and want to continue to build it out? Oh, it's so hard, dude. Um, that is probably the number one source of not happiness is feeling just too much obligation to like, there's so many opportunities and there's so much cool stuff. And I want to be there. We have over a hundred people on payroll at the space station this whole thing started with like me being friends with every single person and us jamming and brainstorming and the collaboration, like every company under the space station helps other companies. Like I bet half our payroll is on payroll for two different companies at the same time. Like that's the magic of what we have going on. And so like for me to not be involved with everything, um, which is hard because I don't want to micromanage or anything, but I just love being a part of brainstorms and being friends with everyone and all the new people who join us. Like I want to have a relationship with them. That is where my most frustration comes from is not having enough time. And so, you know, it's just, it's hard to do everything that you want to do and stay happy. If there's, even if you're, sorry, I'm trying to word this how I really want to express it. I am super happy and I'm always happy, but it's hard to stay happy if there's things that you want to do and you don't have time for them, you know? And that's the number one frustration for me, not like things that go wrong. I've learned to deal with that. It's how do I do more with my time? Yeah. I was kind of deep and weird, but did you understand where I'm going with that? I, it's, um, I, I share that same internal team FOMO. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like for, like for me, for one of my businesses um, or a couple of them, uh, Hoops Nation and some of the subsidiaries, it's like, uh, the team's putting out all the content, 
it used to be me, dude. Like yeah. I did that, you know, every day when I was in high school. Yeah. And now it's not. But you know, there's that. And you're not like, oh, I want it to be me posting. You're just like, man, I feel like I should be part of those combos and helping. Like I right. love that. How am I not in the trenches with these guys? That's what it is. Like I want to be in the trenches of every company, right. not just like touch and base. And like, there's just not time for that. So you choose your trenches and you hop around. Right. And then it gets to the point where you only hear when things go wrong. And then <laughs> right? Yeah. All right, right. <laughs> and all that frustration, but then you're like, oh, I don't have time to be frustrated. So then you're not. And that's the full circle of happiness right there from yeah. jumping in trenches to losing time. Unless I'm literally losing limbs, I'm not. There's no time yeah. to be worried about it, bro. And even then, dude. Yeah, you can still be happy. Oh my God. This is a good chat, man. Let's keep it going. Where to yeah. next? So, so your daughter getting into YouTube, was that yeah. your daughter's idea, your idea? It was my wife's idea. Um, and my daughter's always enjoyed it, but my daughter was maybe like two or three when we first started YouTube. Um, so it couldn't be her idea, right? But we filmed family vlogs for a long time. We filmed best days ever together for like 800 days straight, which was wild during the daily vlog craze where everyone's doing daily. It was so fun. So many good memories, but so intense in video every day, right? With the editing. Oh, I've never edited my own videos. That was the secret. I've always known the power of like team and like having good people around you. So I've had an editor since day one and just embraced it. And then people aren't like, oh, well, you're losing your style or whatever. It's just, yeah, I have an editor and he's awesome. I go have the fun and create the memories and then editor edits and I build a space station. Yeah. Um, anyways, we had been filling our life for so long and having all these memories was fun. And then we hit a point where the space station was scaling and we had all this opportunity we needed a hire. And it was just like YouTube was working and it was funding, but it wasn't like the most important thing anymore. Like the opportunity of the space station and these people that relied on me to get these companies off the ground, like that became the number one thing. And just around then, like my wife was just like hanging at home with a two-year-old daughter, three-year-old daughter, whatever it was. And they're just like, we miss filming. We don't know what to do. So I'm going to start doing crafts with Adley and like have our own little channel. And because we weren't filming daily vlogs anymore, we'd, we'd do like one or two a week. And so while I was spending so much time heavy at Space Station, they got back into filming together, even without me and just started making fun videos. And then doing that for so long, and we had an editor for them at the Space Station. So it wasn't stressful because I don't want this to stress my wife. They just like plan fun activities two times a week. And then they'd film them together. And then an editor would take care of it. And now they're recording memories and having fun. And they just were kind of side hustling that as I was building the space station. And then it really started taking off and it started to become fun. As my daughter got older, the, the things we could do just got more fun and her love for filming and like, bro, I'm not even kidding. It's one of my happiest moments. I see her and this girl's like directly, like, no, no dad, like you walk up the stairs like this and like she understands continuity and like, no, you were standing over there and like, and it's so fun. She loves it. And then when she plays with her toys, her little director comes out and she's like, okay, um, pretend this. And then, and I'll be like, okay, I'm doing this. And she's like, no, no, walk through the door. Cause you were outside. I'm like, okay. So I walked through the door and we, it's so much fun. Yeah. So she's into it. I'm into it. And yeah, we've just been building up now. Adley is her name. A for Adley is the channel. And she's five years old, five and a half going on six. She loves filming these videos. And it's just awesome because it, it brings us memories and opportunities and she's tight with Barbie and Barbie sends her stuff. And she's, oh yeah, she's into it. That's the, that's the explanation of Adley and how fun it is. That, the understanding of continuity and filmmaking is yeah. really going to set her up quite nicely. Yeah. She's cool. We've always treated our, like we have a lot of fun and play pretend with our kids and we had to do that heavy during COVID because they weren't getting out with friends. So like it was on us to like be imaginative and play with toys and stuff. So 
it was actually a cool thing for me to like really, really like, it was these flashbacks to being a kid, like play pretend and building forts. Like, so we went hard on all that stuff and it was great for YouTube because we were having fun, but it was also great for us because we were just having a blast together. So it's been such a positive thing in our life. Um, and all that money's saved for Adley. So she's just set. But then on the family vlog side, all that money was used to build a space station. And now here we are a couple companies deep and everyone's self-sustaining and whatnot. And now the YouTube really just fuels like new projects and growth and stuff like that. I can talk about it for a long time. I'm sorry. I love no, this. that's amazing. That's incredibly unique. And I also look at it from the perspective of, you know, the documentation that's been done. Oh, dude, if I uh, don't have that from those ages. Here's, here's an actual statement. I don't think anyone does. Like if we actually turn the space station into a pretty large company and opportunity, which I, I truly think we will, I think this will be one of the best, the best documented company in history because when we started the space station, like video number one was the day my daughter was born. So her life's been documented since the day she was born. Our very first vlog, number one, was taking Adley home from the hospital. And then day number two was day number two being a dad. And day number three, so that's kind of cool, right? But also the company, the space station, everything, every person I hired from my business, like we have the videos of me visiting my business partner in Arizona because I was on a Snapchat brand deal. I crashed his house. We stayed up all night talking. I'm like, dude, come out and build the space station with me. Like that's on video. That's a vlog. And I was hanging out with his little kids and now they live here. We built a whole space station. We're loving it. His kids are older and like, it's just crazy. So yeah, everything's been documented. The space station crew is part of the videos and they still are. We hit Easter eggs around the office and the crew will go find them. And so, yeah, the, the business aspect and the family aspect and the friendship aspect has been filmed and documented completely. Here's another crazy one. Ready? Mm -hmm. I, you're the first person I've told about this. I'm super yeah. excited. Yeah. We brought on a full-time historian this year. And yeah. she has, no, yeah. So she has gone back and documented every, I mean, we have it all on video and whatnot, but she's watched the videos, looked at the Instagram posts, looked through Slack, done everything all day by day. And she's accumulated like a list of every major thing that's happened with links out to every collaboration, everyone who's ever visited. And it's a 580 page document typed of everything that's happened at the space station with links and pictures since the beginning. How yes. much is that? Yes. And now that she's going to continue to do it. She's our historian, bro. It's Dude, insane. That is literally the smartest thing I've ever heard. I'm so excited to show people. I have every brand deal I've ever done on an Excel spreadsheet. Holy I'm God. almost at 300 brand deals. That's insane. Dude, at this If you point, count my daughter's brand deals, woo, we're, at, we're pushing 500 maybe. At, at this point, you could A, launch your own OTC platform, but <laughs> right? also... Yeah, man. Just the opportunities from that are endless. I'm, I'm all about that documentation. So obviously that I'm obsessed with the organization here because that's yeah. everything. Yeah. Obviously a lot of this stuff is public. It's just out there in the internet, therefore saved a million times. Yeah. But on the private end, how do you catalog all of this footage? Is it all on, you know, a bunch of hard drives in one location? No, nothing's cataloged. So everything she did was from external. I'm horribly unorganized. I'm a creator trying to build a company. Like I didn't even like do like the proper paperwork for the first two years. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm not, she just took a combination of everything. My personal Facebook page that has been updated since before Shonduras existed to my Instagram that got started with Shonduras to the YouTube videos every single day. We filmed our day for 800 days. Like they have all the information of 
when, hey, there he is right now. They have all the information of this guy. I was just telling him how we have the actual video of when I went to your house in Arizona. Yeah. And like, now here we are building a space station. That's the cool part about vlogging is that right, you get. This is Sean Holloway. Uh, <laughs> Good to see you. That's the cool part about vlogging and content and capturing content is that you can go back in history and be like, this was this, that was that. He has videos of my kids that I don't even have when they were young because yeah. he films them. And it's like, do you remember when they were, wait, five? And he's like, yep, I got it. So we got on this topic because we were talking about how Space Station, to current point, and especially as we continue to grow and grow, we'll be one of the best documented companies ever, of all time, ever. Literally like, ever. That's not just a guess. That like, might be an actual statement. Fact. Like, what other company vlogged a video for the first 800 days? Or has a historian. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And no all the collaboration. So she just went through and like, oh, Casey's vlogging this and this award show and doing this deal or whatever. And like put it all together and she got the 580 pages just based off of public information but now it's all organized in a doc so it can turn into a wikipedia you know a hollywood film whatever we and then she'll meet with each you know individual here and get their perspective of the story the and their side and yeah she's like sat down with holiday and i and we riff off i'm like oh i remember this and like we'll go super deep yeah. and just tell a story about the first time we went to new york city met, met gary v and like everything started changing like how cool it was and we'll give her that insight and then she'll save quotes from it whatnot and then she has the snapchats with gary the vlog with that and like all the information that the the articles that came out at that time like she combines all of that i found several texts of of people that we've hired here and our first text that me and Sean sent them was like, hey, welcome to the team. We're like, hey, we want to interview you tomorrow if you can pop in and send it to them. And it's like, what? You have the first screenshot of our text three yeah. years ago? Like, that, this guy's the master that of that. It, yeah. it, this is still podcasting or whatever, yeah, but yeah, like, oh, we're podcasting. Yeah. This guy, Shaunders, is the master of nostalgia. Randomly, wow. we'll be there and he'll be like, oh, do you remember? And he'll pull out this ticket. And I'm like, wow how like it's a it's proof that saving those little memories create this energy and like memory that excites you to see where you've come from like yeah i never put credit to honestly when i came into the business i was like oh yeah cool man let's just keep crushing and you'd find these little ways to put the sauce on right you'd find these little ways to just make you sauce. remember and make you like feel the energy that you felt at that time stamp of the company and of your life and then you look back and you're like, no way. Like not just in revenue or sales or whatever in like your feeling because you remember that specific thing. Anyway, I- Here's the thing. You don't have to be good at talking and doing all this stuff if you're good at like representing those memories. So what we do is we take a picture from, this is the space station right now. It's all built out, looks cool. My, my awesome camera that you like to call you on the <laughs> microphone, right? Yeah. But I can show you a picture of us with 22 people working at the space station when we moved in here and it's just an empty warehouse and we're on plastic Walmart desks with yeah. plastic chairs and everyone's happy and we we're filming vlogs and starting companies. And like you show that picture to someone, the people who are in the picture, oh my gosh, look how far we've come. I love this. This is family. Like that's the best feeling. I can't motivate with a speech or a meeting or anything that as much as that memory can. And then new people who weren't there, they're like, wait, what? You guys were in the warehouse? Like, how did you know it was really echoey? Well, how'd you take calls? Oh, outside the airplanes fly over. We literally had a car that we thought was dedicated to taking yes. calls. Like, there's an element, Honda Element, like a 2000 something black Honda Element. It's yeah. still in the back. Oh, it's still in the back. So many people and projects have used it. TikTokers just and you just video with it. <laughs> and you'd sit in it, and that was where you take the calls because there was no other places to go. Yeah. 
So yeah. that's the point. nostalgia, that is, man. That nostalgia, those memories, and that sentiment, like that's the heart of the space station. That's the sauce, is what we call it. Is like that special bond, and that combined with the the, the chemistry between all the companies, the synergy there, and it just it feels great. And this guy's a legend. Everything, whatever he said, trust it a billion percent. Like this whole thing, I said this to somebody yesterday. This whole thing started from one single Snapchat account. Snapchat account, not YouTube or something. Yeah. Snapchat account that this guy created, brought the right people around it, surrounded himself with good people, and so now all of a sudden he's, That's you know, created this there. pretty crazy thing. So good stuff. Hey, thanks for saying hi. Here you have it from the co-pilot himself. What's just I also don't think he could hear a single word I said because I realized you're wearing headphones, yeah. but I love it. It's all good. He knows how to vibe. But the, the thing about the memories too is, you know, if you think about any memory, unless it's documented and you're constantly revisiting it, you're making so much of it up and just totally fumbling that memory. Yeah. Um, so the video or photo evidence of said memory, just it puts it all into a completely different um you know, level of accuracy, which wouldn't exist otherwise. And that that's it's true. That's part of that, you know, being able to like pull that nostalgia off the shelf and like give it to somebody like yeah. a gift. I got one, one more, I don't know, one more thing to say on that topic. I didn't know what to call it. One more addition to that topic. Check yeah. out this that I think is accurate, but it's not a study or anything because my daughter Adley um, experiences things like she goes to the zoo and she sees a giraffe, right? And has a long tongue and a long neck and stuff. And she's like two, like that's an experience. And then if she doesn't go soon, she's going to forget it or maybe not remember. It depends on the memory, right? All the animals at the zoo, she can't remember all of them, but when that happens and then she watches it on a video a couple days later, and then she watches that video again in a week. Um, sincerely, I feel like my daughter's knowledge of just like animals and day-to-day -day life and her memory is just insane because she almost experiences everything twice, if not thrice. Isn't that wild to think about? That's super wild. I know. And I'm not going, you know, my daughter's a genius or anything. I'm just saying like, she has a great memory because she experiences everything multiple times and that's how you actually learn. So like her knowledge of animals, dinosaurs, all this stuff is just mind blowing. So that's one cool tidbit. They say, you know, you can... Uh, you know, if you really love a book or there's a really good book, you're supposed to read it, listen to it. You know, if there's a movie, you watch right. the movie and you do that over and over and over. Yeah. And that's how to like properly. She experiences it and then she watches it and then maybe she watches it again or hears it in the background. Wow. There it is. Full circle. Anyways, but that's, that, cool that's how like, I, I think that's how like anybody could apply, you know, that, that sort of thing to their own. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, memories aside, but obviously people, you know, just inherently love themselves. So seeing yourself on that just keeps you locked in on another level, um, yeah. which or it's is your memory that you're seeing again, you know, that's wild. That's, the that's why people should film stuff a bunch and take notes and write it down so you can revisit it. That's what we've talked about at the very beginning, right? Like you don't have to go crazy posting it everywhere if you don't want to, but I'm all for filming important moments and revisiting them and stuff in a counter to everyone saying live in the moment you know like put your cameras down and live in it live in the moment for sure but also learn how to live in the moment with the camera like i experience all my moments but i'll still get shots or videos to some degree because then you get to have the moment forever totally and and learning how to be authentic on camera like most people yeah. who um you know aren't in front of cameras regularly associate that with something whatever it is it's not associated with when it's not there 
Yeah. Um, so it's finding that balance. That's true. See, it's easier for me to say film the moment and live in it because I've just become so, my, my daughter's been around the vlog. We've had the exact same vlog camera and tripods, tripod set up the entire time. So like the vlog is a member of like, all the time she calls the vlog a member of the family and like how many people are in our family. It's like, it's just normal for her kind of. So yeah, she acts normal for him and I act normal from it. So we can't experience those moments. Right. Imagine I'm sure it, it is was hard. Like a keeping up with the Kardashian setup. <laughs> oh, miserable. Yeah, and that's what we try and stay away around all day. <laughs> I know. And that's what we're definitely trying to stay away from obviously is we're really happy with where we're at and sharing our lives, but we're not trying to go deeper. We don't want to share it on television or go, in any other direction we just really enjoy youtube and our community there controlling your own medium there is so important too yeah i've never presented i've never done anything you know that that i haven't really been able to control but from what i've heard from other people there can be moments where you know there are just these weird power dynamics of people who will ask you to say something that you wouldn't oh, normally well, say. Well, filming, I've, I've filmed on sets and all over so many times and it is never the same as just filming yourself. And like a lot of those guys do not have, like they don't understand how to tell a story or talk to my audience specific, right? So yeah, just having full control of what our content looks like is so important to me. We will never um, ever go to like a network or to a Netflix or sell our IP to anyone or anything like that. Better yet, we are expanding our, P, our IP. Here's another one that I really haven't talked about in public hardly that much. We are creating, we, we've built out a 3D animation team here at the space station. Oh. We are creating a cartoon of our family in 3D and that will be part of our YouTube channel. So you know, three videos a month will be real and two videos a month will be an animation and it's going to be super fun. No way. Isn't that cool? That's like so cool. Cartoon. I can't wait to watch that, man. That's it's, super exciting. It's done really well and it's going to be exciting and I don't think anyone else on YouTube has really expanded to that. It's kind of new territory and that excites me. Like I always love like trying new things and I really think this is it because most YouTubers, creators in general, they love their audience. They love making content and they want to do it for a long time, but they get burnt out and they don't know where to go next or they just get whatever. Being able to have a 3D animation of yourself or build out yourself in, in a different medium. Oh my gosh, that's cool. You can keep your audience. You can keep telling your story, but you don't have to keep doing the same medium. Like people need to learn to switch from different platforms and talk about different things. Some people just always do the same thing, same platform and they love it and they love their audience, but they get burnt out because they're not changing. And so I think that could help a lot of people looking for new mediums. Totally. And even also do things outside of the platforms. Like you're building yes. Space Station, which isn't content specific. For a platform. Not yeah. a show, yeah. right? It's a company. Yep. So having things that interest you outside of it so that you can have the opportunity to, you know, expand set yeah. horizon. Because otherwise, if you're like, um, you know, if you're, I'll use myself as an example, if you're a sports card collector, you know, and that's all you ever do, you know, there's no opportunity. You're not opening yourself no. up to experience new things and talk about politics or business yeah. or, you know, uh, food, whatever. No matter how much you love it too, you're going to get burnt out. No matter how no much. No matter what. Crazy? Yeah. yeah, for sure. It's not even crazy. It's just common sense. Like everyone gets burnt out of something for too long. That's why you find other hobbies and you're always moving and doing stuff. Is it being burnt out or, or do you think it's just natural, uh, be it like being desensitized to everything? Well, I, I think it's just like a combination of a whole bunch of things. Like we say burnt out casually, but it's like you get bored of it. You have new ideas. You're like, it's just, yeah, it becomes redundant over time. And like, 
I love snowboarding, but I snowboarded so much for a period of time that like, I still love snowboarding, but I don't need to do it as much because I really got all the snowboarding in that I needed to. I got all the Snapchat doodling in that I needed to, like I don't miss it, right? But vlogs, I've been doing that forever and I continue to do it because I really enjoy sharing that story and filming and having fun in my community and stuff. So that I can do for a long time, but if I only did that, that's when that kicks in. So all the other stuff helps keeps it balanced. That's super admirable that you're able to say, you know, enough is enough about something because usually oh, for sure. when people find success in something, they cling to it for dear yes. life forever. That is full circle our conversation, like of being diverse. Yeah. That's why you got to have different stuff. Look at everyone who's found a lot of happiness and success outside of entertainment, A-list celebrity Hollywood wise or YouTuber wise or influencer wise. It's people that build outside of just their brand. And that's what keeps them relevant and wealthy and happy. A lot of times, if you only focus on your brand and building that one thing as big as you can, like eventually that empire is going to get bored or crumble or whatever. I don't know. I mean, don't take anything I'm saying serious. I'm just giving you my opinions from what I've learned over the past five years. I still have so much to experience and learn. You know what I'm saying? No, I'll do, man. But yeah. These are just open brainstorm sessions for people to take and interpret. It really is. Know, it's crazy. There's a want. statement. It's crazy to think about how I think about the world and process things to make decisions today compared to just six years ago. Six years ago, I was an awesome dude. The same person I am today. I haven't changed hardly at all. I'm in the same city. Like everything's great, right? But, well, I didn't have kids. That's one thing. But <laughs> I was so like, like just casual, like skating around, having fun, like willy nilly. Now I'm so meaningful and I have intent in everything I do and I'm trying to spread goodness and like I'm so I'm good at making decisions because I've made so many of them and it's like wow all it took for me to change that much was just the experience and going for it so if people aren't doing tons of different stuff they're losing that opportunity to just like grow and become better you know it's crazy to see how far I've come in five years because I was just literally a skater kid in Utah with no connections and I'm still a skater kid in Utah, but I have connections and I feel like I've learned how to make decisions and handle stress and do so much more. And it's been such a cool opportunity. I want that forever. And I want everyone to challenge themselves and like grow, you know, and people do grow, but there's different speeds and rates at which people grow. And if you challenge yourself, you grow faster. Totally. Yeah. Just put, you know, put yourself in positions that are like, I look at it like, like fun struggle. Right. Um, so like, for me, my best fun struggle is working out. You know, yeah. I have this thing I call it no days off season. Yeah, no, I see matter, that. no matter what you do every day, you get something in, whether it's a walk in the park, whether it's you know, yeah. crazy weights or running a marathon. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. It's, it's whatever. Well, I've seen it. You're always at it, no matter what it is. Right. But, but that is like the fun struggle. And I, I usually, uh, I'll say one thing when I have something really difficult coming up, I always try to work out right before it. So yeah. if I have a big meeting or if I have, you know, a podcast or something like that, okay. I'll go out and run and just die so that okay. everything that comes after that point feels easy. And it's like, <laughs> that's weird, cool. It's this yeah. weird thing that I do. Um, but I think that, that those makes sense. Things. Challenge yourself and then you enjoy what's after. Right. Like, like even um, like for sports cards, right. My least favorite part is, packing things and shipping things right so i'll do that before i do something fun yeah and just knock it out or something that's really difficult um but i, I think yeah just forms of like what you're talking about as well and just 
challenging yourself to you know speed things up but also and i've never had that perspective or even heard that like uh that's that's something cool you just shared right so like that's how we're growing and learning so much is because we're doing this podcast like i've never thought i'm gonna challenge myself before i go have fun just so the fun feels more fun and earned like right. i'm gonna start doing that. i'm gonna do like my hardest tasks at the beginning of the day and then i usually just kind of randomly take them as they come i don't know i'm not organized but I'm going to start to be more organized and challenge myself first. That's right. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not incredibly organized either. Although we may, we take steps, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I, I have really good people around me that are organized. That's how I figured I, I learned that yeah. I would never be organized and I'd always get better at it, but I'm just never going to be good at it. So I just got really good people around me who are organized and that's yeah. the power of team, baby. And also I think realizing that like neither yourself nor me like i'm not very good at really anything there are people out there who are better at everything that i do than me yeah so why don't i just go out and find them yeah <laughs> it's like it, so it, true man it really comes down to that unless unless it's something that i enjoy like i can't yeah. outsource working out i can't yeah. outsource playing basketball nor would yeah. i want to yeah um, i can't outsource hosting this podcast because that's my fun yeah. you can't outsource fun but, yeah, but other stuff like, you can I do also love posting on Instagram, but there are people who are better at that than me that yeah. I have on my team, you know? Yeah. There are people, you know, I'm sure in your space station where they're doing things that you would love to oh, do. Oh, everyone but, is, yeah. But they're better at it than yeah. you, and it makes sense. Like, yeah. it saves you time, and yeah. they're better at it, you know? Yep, 100%. And, like, that's the fun part, man, is finding those people and then seeing them blow up and incentivizing them accordingly. I think one thing that like is a huge thing to share with people is that we've been really fair and really like generous with the people around us. And that's how we've attracted and kept good people. Um, we lucked out that we both me and holiday both had that vision of just like making everyone feel like they're a partner and they're a piece of this and they're building it with us versus like, there's no one here that literally feels like an employee. Like everyone feels like they are a piece of the space station building it. And because of that, like, wow. Sorry, hopefully that wasn't a tangent, but I just really no, wanted to share it. Like, no, yeah, treat people right. That. Being being incentivized beyond yeah. money. Yes, like, like, incentivization beyond money because we don't offer the best money. Almost up until recently when I realized you can't do this, every single person that worked at the space station started with like an internship just to like kind of like prove their ability to like come in and add value and do this cool stuff. That's right. how the first like 30 people were hired. And so we found great people and it was awesome. Now we do paid internships and there's other ways, but yeah, it's, it was not the money that brought people to the space station. It was the opportunity and the culture and the feeling of, I don't know. Well, I think that it's, it's whatever, right. It's like whatever you can give somebody that they can't get somewhere else. So like anybody can get money anywhere, but if they have a piece of what you're building and they believe in what you're building, that, that same belief isn't applicable to another company, yep. even if they're getting a percentage in that company. Yeah. Everything is super unique in, in that shape. So giving them a piece of that uniqueness, I feel is, you know, be the real like key to in, in incentivizing somebody. Here would I say, here, here's the cool format we have at the space station every company, the space station as a whole, every company under it, every project, everything we're doing has never had an investor. We've never taken on money. The people that own these companies are the people who are building them. And that's across the whole space station. So 
zero investors, but everyone who's here. And obviously like new people. And as we start to really grow beyond those startup stages, like they have to earn their spot on the team, but they instantly fill it. They get value. They get all the cool stuff we're doing. And they know there is a roadmap for them to become a part of this thing. And that's, that's the magic of it, man. I love no investors, baby. They suck. <laughs> Skin. Yeah. Well, I've never, I've they never don't suck. Either. Yeah. I mean, have you ever have you ever ventured down that path yourself of being? You say they suck, but have you have you ever wanted to be one yourself? Check <laughs> this out. Because of the cool people around me, we have slayed that. We started making investments thirty-five weeks ago, and we have since made thirty-five investments. No way! And Congrats. I kid you not, man. I'm not even going to try to talk about it because it's truly not me. It's this awesome network that my team has built out, and all these cool people and the. It, what the reason we become an investor in so many things is because we're strategic investors. We understand the, the digital space. We're able to under, explain influencer or esports or how to build a community, how to be a creator. And we're able to act on any of those things or consult on any of those things. So companies that are really cool, who, who don't really need money, they want us to join their cap table because we add value to their team. And once we learned that and we started getting in the right circles, we had so many offers from real awesome companies to do that. And that's where the high quantity comes in. We're not doing a high investment. The people don't need our money. All our investments are playing this, like, I'd say 25K to 50K range. And there's some under that and some over that, but that's the normal. And that's not a ton of money, especially for a late stage company that's two, three years old, but it's the value that they now have the resources and stuff in the space station. And now we're like, Hey, we have a small chunk of this thing, but you're going to continue to blow up. So yeah, man, that's how it's all come together. And it's something I've always wanted to do and holidays always wanted to do. We just thought it was way, way down the road because like, we're still like hustling to make ends meet here and hustling to like build and grow the space station. We have growing pains when you hire people. So never, ever thought we'd be investing in stuff, but here we are 35 investments later, stoked out of our eyeballs. And, and some of them are cool, dude. Magic spoon, aura ring, like these oh, are like love, real deal companies. That's very cool. Yes. Yes. We got into aura ring. I was like, oh my gosh, this is unreal. Right. Um, you know I they think use our, those in the, uh, in the NBA bubble. Yes, of course. That's, I was so stoked on that. Like dude, aura rings have been a huge impact on culture and they will probably be a billion dollar company someday. So even though we got in, you know, two years into it or whatever it is still like our growth potential is insane. And they're stoked on it because we've already helped them a ton with a lot that they're doing. We play very heavily in the healthy snack food space. So Magic Spoon cereal, Koya beverages, and like nice. slate chocolate milk. It's all these things that we love, but they have never really been healthy. And now we have the technology and just, I think what happened is COVID shifted people, people's purchasing patterns, especially within food. And so people are ordering online and trying new foods and learning you can eat healthier. And then there's a huge swing to be healthier and eat healthier, which is awesome. And now there's all these snack food. We have our own Nanner's chips are coming out really soon. They're little like this slices of bananas and they have cinnamon. So there's horchata cinnamon ones. There's raspberry ones, raspberry banana, and there's chocolate, chocolate banana, and they're healthy yeah. snacks for kids. I literally, we just got the package in the office today. I'm stoked out of my eyeballs. And that is a cool idea for kids. And that's the reason we did is we didn't know what our kids would want to eat. that was healthy. Now we have these banana chips and I've never seen any, so anyone have anything like that. How cool is that? That's what people are experiencing all over. And now we're able to invest in that and help them grow less from a monetary standpoint, more from a, a digital standpoint, but we do a little bit of both. How cool is that? So cool. I think you know, I know. one of the last points I'll make here is, you know, I think 
the pandemic also just showed people how not everything you see is what it is. I had a, a very nice lady on the podcast uh, last summer, uh-huh. and she's a health and diet and nutrition expert. And what she told me was there is pretty much no regulation around what you say on the packaging of your food. Isn't that crazy? So there, the example that she gave me is the craziest thing ever, um, is on Eggo's waffles. It was birthday cake flavored. So they had Mm -hmm. sprinkles and all sorts of nonsense on top of these freezer waffles that you Uh keep up. And on the front, it said a healthy and nutritional breakfast. And then like everything underneath that. And she said that, you know, they, they, they're fully within their right to lie and say that that is what it is. And people just believe it because nobody really cares. But you you are preaching what I've learned. I didn't know this until six months ago. And now we're heavy advocates of it, dude. Yes, I agree. Sorry, I cut you off, but yes, there, 100%. A, a, that means there should be regulation, but B, consumers yeah. will naturally get educated. And I think, like you that's said- That's what's happening, yep. So that's what a lot of our products are, is it seems like there's a healthy, naked drinks, right? Not to call anyone out, but naked beverages, the, the juice things. Mm-hmm. Like everyone buys those thinking like, oh, I'm just getting like the naked fruit. They did awesome with their brand. Like, this is just fruit, but like truly, and I don't even know what I'm talking about, but I just know they're not healthy it's, for you. They're, they have tons yeah. of sugar and yeah. stuff like that. So then someone for Koya, for example, who's their competitor that we invest in, it's like, we actually did it right. And we see on the package, all this information and it's actually done correctly and it still tastes good. So once people understand this is their next buy and that's what we are in a lot of these categories is the actual healthy version of that that's come in to replace the better for you, but not actually healthy version of it, right? So there it is. It's so inevitable. That's the world I've gotten into and I'm so stoked on it, man. The first one was Magic Spoon Cereal. Have you heard of it? I haven't. They, they were on the cover of Forbes, like top 100 new products or something this year, last year. Like they're crushing it. It's healthy cereal, bro. I'm going to send you some. And I love cereal. So when I heard about that, was our very first investment. I'm like, wait, healthy cereal? I want to do this. So we got involved with that. We added so much value that they connected us to their healthy food friends. And then that's kind of how it spread. And then we just got educated and learned and now we're doing the investment stuff. So. I love that. So how, um, how do you evaluate uh, what, you know, obviously you have the team as well, but how, yeah. what do you guys look at as the, you know, key factors in whether you do or don't make an investment in one of these companies? It's really hard. We don't have tons of experience, but honestly, we're just lucky because we're not looking for opportunities to invest in. They've all come to us and we're also saying no to a lot of them. Almost every investment we made is already like very revenue positive on paper and everything's looking good. We're just coming in as a strategic investor, meaning like they don't need our money. They just want us to be a part of the team. And that's how almost all of them have been. So it's kind of a no brainer. It's just like, we shouldn't even be able to make this decision, but because we built this relationship and can add that value, now we have the opportunity so it's not a question of yes or no. It's just like, wow, we got this opportunity to get into Aura Ring. Like, I don't know their financials, their direction, anything. I just know they're crushing it. So it's like, heck yes, let's go. So that's my answer. As uneducated as it is, that is it. I love that. And when you think about investments of that size, right? You have a hundred yeah. person team. Let's yeah. say everybody just bought an Aura Ring. That's your investment right there. You know? Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's, it's possible to quantify and justify you know, certain investments without even seeing the return, which is right. a crazy concept, like investing which, in a company of a product that you're buying, even if it's just for most people buying stock of that company. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, and I don't want to 
I guess, like give off too much of the wrong impression. We definitely have hard decisions to make and we invest early in companies that aren't all the way proven, but even early companies we invest in, um, Oats Overnight is a great example. They uh, are a really healthy like oatmeal product. They have oats.com, their, their margins, their business model is so smart. And like they've been at it for just a little while and they've already seen so much success, so much revenue, even though they're not like guaranteed it's just such a killer opportunity and such a great, I actually love the product too. So that's another thing is we just actually love these health food products and I'm trying to eat more healthy and like reduce the dad bods. So I think that's a deciding factor that. as well. It's like, Hey, I love oats, oats overnight. So let's actually invest in it. And uh, yeah. So that's, that's another factor is just actually enjoying it. And we definitely have some newer guys that are maybe only a year into it or so that there is more risk, but it still doesn't feel like risk. You know, in my head, when you said oats, oats.com, you know, like those uh, walls or shelves at like Whole Foods where you yeah. pour it, like you put a bag underneath and they all come out. Yeah. Imagine if you went on to oats.com and it had all the selections digitally and you could digitally pour <laughs> into a digital bag. Oh my gosh. It was smooth. And then it was based on the weight of how many, how long. And it actually it calculates it for you digitally. That is such a cool would, idea. How fire would tell them, man. It's all there. Uh, I'm gonna make it just a quick note right here because that's just hey, my notepad's still open. If I if if I were the digital that's... oats experience, that's yeah. a variety. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Oh, that's such a cool idea. Um, yeah, man, that's it right there. Oh, actually, if I want to give you real advice that I've learned for sure, you bet on the founder. Not like I'm sure there's. I'm not even. I'm not an experienced investor, so I'm sure there's tons of things to look at. But out of all those things, the thing that I really understand is the founder. If they're a good person who has a vision, and you can feel that and see that, like that's when you go in. And even if their first product doesn't work, I'm sure their second one will, and third, and et cetera. And it's your network, and it's it's really betting on the founder. Very few times are we're only betting on the product. So that's my honest answer. I love that, man. Last thing I want to ask you: if yeah. you talked about yourself six years ago. What would, what piece of advice that you know now, would you go back and give yourself just six years ago? Oh man, I like, whoa, so much. Like think of all I've learned. Oh man. (laughs) Um, I mean, every, like, (sighs) be patient. Like I know, cause the, (laughs) the, the aggressiveness is what caused hyper growth. I really, man, I don't know. I've learned so many good things over the time. I'd have so much to say to myself. You're just getting me pondering about a deep conversation. Um, I think the obvious answer is like surround yourself with really good people. Like we've talked about, um, stay true to who you are kind of thing. Like being able to keep that space station sauce and knowing what I want to get out of it is important. I, I think I was really lucky. I became a, a famous influencer when I was older. I got, I was like 27 when I got famous on Snapchat, 28 when I got famous on YouTube, et cetera, et cetera. And so like, I was just a little bit more ready to think long-term and build an empire out of like an opportunity. And so I think to young social media influencers or young entrepreneurs, just even when you find that first success and make it big with a business or a following or whatever, you just really got to think long-term about it and turn it into something much bigger um, because it won't last forever. And we, we talked about that a ton this podcast. And I think that really would be my number one advice to sum it up. Just think long-term. Yeah. I love that, man. A lot of uh, a lot of the advice sounds like you're just solidifying a lot of these big things. I feel the same way. I wouldn't. I don't. I don't think even now, like 
five years ago i was 15 right so <laughs> that's wild dude think how like crazy. oh i wasn't even close to your caliber when i was 20 that's what's wild dude it's like i feel lucky for all that i've been able to experience and learn at 32 or however old i am right like think you're at an insane level at 20 bro but that's nuts on the flip side i'm equally as envious of you right because i i said this the other day on a podcast i was like ancient egyptians like the kings would live till 25 years old like the the wealthiest really? yeah i mean the lifespan of a human was between 20 and 30 um wow. so when you look at like the wealthiest most True. successful people live till 25 i'm envious of everybody older than that because you know, <laughs> we've already done so wood, much fun stuff. like yeah, a bus yeah. like okay you know, that's an interesting perspective to have as well Is like when you're old, think how much you've already experienced and you don't have to risk, like, I hope I make it. And they're like, all the young people who have all this, you know, fast bodies and all that stuff, like they still have the risk of like getting to live a full life. That's wild, man. It's not guaranteed, right? Yeah. I've never thought about or had that perspective. Right. I don't I think anyone at, does. I look at like my grandparents, right? People, people of that age. And it's like, I'm super envious that you were, they lived that you got life. lucky that you yeah. got to do it, you know? Yeah, I'm not true. guaranteed, you're not guaranteed, you know? Yeah, so yeah. That's such a cool perspective, but also you have to do it right. Like 80 years of being sad is not worth 25 years of being happy. So no, but it's, you, it's you like freaking I, actual math. Like you have to know all the different equations and factors and like to pass the test, that's how right. life is. You just gotta have a ton of perspectives to pass yeah, the shit. You and I both know neither mm. of us are gonna, are gonna waste 80 years though, so. No, we yeah. haven't. Dude, that was a way good podcast. I don't do, do you know I don't do podcasts very often? I can maybe count on like two hands how many podcasts I've done. Really? I've public spoken, done stuff way more. Like my, my Chandra's brand and the space station was largely built off all the places I consulted and spoke and did for Snapchat and whatnot, right? Like met all these agencies and all the network, right? But then since then, I've just been heads down filming and having fun and building the space station. So I haven't spoke anywhere over a year, at least for pandemic reasons, right? And I'm just not a podcast guy. You're probably the, if I had to guess for reals, the sixth podcast I've ever been on, maybe seven. Well, wild, huh? I know, me too. I'm honored to be on yours. I was stoked as soon as you said it. It's like, I knew we'd talk good. See, that's half the thing is like, I don't want to go on some podcast and just have them talk about money or whatever they're trying to get at, right? Right. I knew we'd have a good convo. So like, I don't even know how big your podcast is. I know I like your Instagram followings and like, yeah, some cool people there. But if your podcast following is like the same type of people, same then I'm stoked to be talking to them. Yeah. That's what it was, is the people I'm talking to and just knowing we'd have a good convo. Totally, man. Last thing, where, where can people find you best? At Shondurus on everything. I have that handle all across the board and then follow at Space Station on most things. We're telling our story, man. On Instagram, we have a at the Space Station and we post every day with all the people and projects and things documenting the journey, you know, so amazing and the, yeah. the most fun part about all this too and like this podcast for example is so you took you know the hour of your time which i'm very grateful for but yeah. that hour will benefit somebody every hour forever right and now it's part of the story like some of the things we've talked about we haven't reminisced on or done whatever forever so now this can be part of the historian's story of like recapping stuff right like this is part of the history right here my seventh podcast ever. That's part of history. <laughs> Good stuff, man. I can't believe.